Welcome to the Coral Coffee Podcast, where we spill the tea and drink the coffee. No, I'm your host. Oh. Wait, wait a minute. This is my podcast, Ethan. I thought when I logged on, you said I would be running the podcast. Today. That is not what I said. That's what I remember hearing. I'm your host, Andrew Nemeth. And who okay. am I with? I am Ethan Yoder. And he is not the host. He is the guest. Yeah. But like most things, he's already trying to take my job. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is uh, season two, episode seven, and this is being a composition major in college. Yeah. So uh, it's been a it's been a while. I mean, I guess I saw you last week, but prior to that, yeah. it had been a while since we'd really been together. Mm-hmm. So it was it was kind of cool to to sing with you guys. But we'll co- we'll talk about that later on. Sure. So for the audience that doesn't know, just tell us a little bit about who you are. Sure. So, like I said before, my name is Ethan Yoder. Uh, I am a sophomore music composition student at the College of Worcester in Worcester, Ohio. I am a 2021 graduate of Penn High School, where I was in the choir for all four years. Um, I, that's that's pretty much all that I do. Is I, I do music 24-7 these days. So Well, that's pretty much what you did even before you went undergrad. That is, this is also true. But now you're just actually like, you know, you're you're tr- you're doing it for a future career here. Yes, I, I'm I'm prepping for a career. It's I'm making it my life for some reason. Don't, I might have just lost you for a moment there. Oh, okay, we're back now. Sorry, I oh, think did I we like, lose it. No, but we're good now. Okay, very cool. The audience loves things that are just real and raw. Mm-hmm. Raw, unfiltered. So, um, <clears throat> just to kind of get us started before. Kind of what I want to do today is I just want to talk about I actually I should say the audience should know that both you and I do have something in common, and that is that you and I are both night owls. Mm-hmm. This is, so when yes. we are recording this, it is 1030 at night on a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And it actually this is going to be the, the one that gets released like tomorrow morning. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so, it's going to be it's this fast turnaround. It's a fast turnaround. But, you know, the people they got to hear Ethan. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well, of course, I wasn't going to say it, but since you said it. So before we talk about your Worcester experience, mm-hmm. which I, I I feel like it, it takes me a while to say, I have to almost like say it like like Trump, <laughs> like Worcester, 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 because otherwise I just say Worcester. Mm-hmm. Um, but tell tell the audience just a little bit about like your high school choir experience, what what you were in, what you did there. Um and then we'll kind of compare that a little bit later on to what you're doing now. Sure. So uh, as a freshman, I started out in the Singing Kingsmen, the freshman and sophomore men's choir. Is That's what it was. I think it's what it still is. Yep. Um, and then my sophomore, junior and senior year, despite COVID interrupting the back half of that, I was in Viva Voce, Rhapsody and Concert Choir, which is now gold standard, which I am still wrapping my head around. You'll be all right. I'll get there. Um, yeah, so I mean, I was in three choirs for three years, so it was it was most of my day. Um, yeah, and I I enjoyed the 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 difference between the three of them. I liked the the popular style and the dancing from Rhapsody, and like the focus on contemporary living uh, composers from Viva Voce, and then just the general singing in a large group from from concert choir. They all had very, they all had different things that I all that I enjoyed quite a lot. And 
And you are right in that, especially, well, really your junior and senior, but especially your senior year, you basically just lived in the choir room. I, I had one other class. So yeah, I was just in the choir. When I was at, when I was at the <laughs> building, I was in the choir room pretty much. Like, how did you manage to get your schedule such a way so that, like, how did you graduate? I guess is what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you did you graduate? I did graduate. I, I even got okay. a diploma. I got I got oh, I got good. a diploma. It's great. Uh, I actually didn't go to graduation though. I stayed home. Oh, I kind of forgot about that. I yeah, I stayed home. You I wasn't mean, gonna sit in the hot sun for four hours. You didn't, oh, that's you had the outdoor one. Yeah, because it wasn't at Notre Dame because of oh COVID. that's oh and it was it was hot that it day. was hot and it was muggy. And I was not gonna sit outside for four and a half hours to walk across a stage and get an empty envelope. Nothing like wearing a good old uh, graduation gown facing the sun. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I yeah, did. Was... I did. I did graduate. I credit most of it to the fact that I took a lot of math classes in middle school that I could make count in high school. Uh, if I because yeah. it meant I didn't have to take math the second semester of my sophomore year or my junior and senior year. Yeah. So and then once I knocked out, I did a lot of stuff over the summer, like I did Gov and Econ over the summer and I did sciences over the summer so I didn't have to do them during the year and I could just mm-hmm. do choir and English. Well, you were planning I, and I, I was glad to have you have you there for that entire time. Oh, yeah. Even even when you did actually formally move into the choir room at a couple points. I think. Yeah. No, that did happen, especially I think it was the first part of junior year. When I was technically like a music office assistant. Yes. But I decided that that meant choir room assistant. <laughs> and so well, I would just know. go sit in the back while there because it was your prep period. So there wasn't even a class. I just sat there. Yeah, it worked out all right. Yeah, That's I think good so. Stuff. So I'm curious. Um, do you remember the, f- the first time that we met or like what is your first memory of us meeting? <sighs> I feel like I remember the first thing I remember as like an official formal meeting. Keep was, in mind, this is a family friendly show, Ethan. Yes, I. I OK, so let me change the story a little bit. So the no. first. <laughs> no. So the first time that I remember us like being formally introduced was when I was in eighth grade. You came and did like a workshop with the eighth grade. Oh, choir. yeah, that's right. I did. I remember I remember that happening. I'm I'm certain that at some point before that I would have seen I would I met you just through Bryce through my brother. Was that workshop was in doing. like that like LGI type? Yes, room? it was in the LGI. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that's the first time I remember being like formally like ever like really like actually speaking to you. Other than like and... my mom pulling me up and being like, "This is Mr. Nemeth," and me being like, "Ah." That, and that's kind of what I like. I don't remember when it was, but I'm sure I met you at some point, probably in the CPA lobby. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, when when Bryce was there. And do you ever remember me mistakenly calling you Bryce? Constantly. All the time. Yeah. But I got over that. You did eventually get better. Yeah. Which which I was did, which I was did. nice. Not everyone does. Now, I think you're kind of in a unique position here because some people, some Usually I don't hear about this freshman year, but usually like by junior or senior year, people like to tell me that their freshman year, they were terrified of me, Mm -hmm. but I don't think you ever were. 
No, I don't. I wouldn't say that I was. So what? Why were you not? Or why are other people terrified? I think I think for me, well, part of it is because I did meet you previously. I knew you coming in to to high school choir, and I had heard many a story about you from Bryce. Oh gosh. All of them good for the most part. For the most part. Yeah. And so I was like, I kind of, I went in knowing what to expect, or at least having some idea of what to expect, um, like from you as, as a director and as a person. And then I've also been singing since I was six. So yeah. I don't think like the, the singing and the choir aspect part of it intimidated me either. Because I've, I've had enough experience that I just kind of knew what to do. It was like, as long as you show up and do what you're supposed to do, I'll be fine. It'll be great. Because I feel like people hear these like stories and it, it's like this urban legend. Like, oh, you're going to have to sing a solo by yourself. And like, it's like, I, I don't know. I mean, like I listen to each voice individually, but I don't know. It's not that scary. So I think I went into practice room C and you told me that I was a tenor. And I was like, are you sure? And you were like, yeah. And I was like, are you sure? And you were like, yeah. And then I st- and then I had to stick with it. And now I'm still a tenor. So thanks for that. Were, were you pretty much only bar- like baritone before that? I was yeah, I was a bass baritone in middle school. Oh. Which looking back did, on did, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean I mean, do you ever remember having moments of like, hey, this is kind of low for my voice? No, I demanded that I be a bass baritone. I was disappointed <laughs> when I found out I was a tenor. So you also were in tenor denial. Oh. For I yes, but I didn't stick in it as long as um, some other people, as, as some other as some others who shall remain nameless, uh, did. As Actually, in, I like, yeah. Hmm? Were you thinking of a certain SS that I know of? I I may have been thinking of a certain uh, of a certain S of a certain SS. Yeah, uh, just you know, just throwing it out there that like you know, it's fine to be a tenor. Being a tenor is great. I actually, I think I remember the song that made me, that convinced me that being a tenor was fun. Um, trying to Let's think. see if you can event? place it. It was my freshman year. Let's see if you okay. can place it. Would it, give me a hint, would it have been a combined song or? No, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was just a Kingsman song. And it was, it was Christmas concert. It was winter. Was it something that I conducted or Oak conducted? Uh, I think probably Oak, because I don't think you really did much conducting for I was probably I would guess I was probably playing more at that point for you no Napolitan was playing for us gosh you're that old okay I kind of forgot my my first year was Napolitan's last oh that's right I'm telling you what like the the years fly by (laughs) well okay then I really don't know what song it would have been it was it was uh run Rudolph by the Beach Boys Oh, and there, yeah, yeah, there was yeah. like this part in the middle where that was like had to be all falsetto because it was just stupidly high. Like it would still be falsetto today. And it was but I'm just but it was really fun. I was like, OK, no, this is fine. I mean, it's the Beach Boys, you know, that's yeah. kind of how it goes. Yeah. And then eventually you graduated and then you decided to. Well, I guess the what I am curious about, because I really don't know the answer to this, but how mm-hmm. did you settle? How did you pick a college ultimately? So I found the college that I'm at the College of Worcester and I found this place on accident. I didn't know that this place even existed. I Googled, I put into the Google machine schools with good music programs 
and I started scrolling and I came across the Worcester website and I said out loud and I quote, that's a funny name. And so I clicked on the website uh, and the more I looked around, I was just like, okay, it's a smaller school and it's, yeah. it's far enough away from home that like I would be in a new place, but it's also close enough that I can get back if I need to. And it has a music program and I watched their spring chorus concert cause it was posted online. Mm-hmm. And I was, and then I like fell in love with their choir program right then and there. And I was like, well, I've got to go. I have to be there. So were you purposely looking for a smaller school? Yes, uh, I, I was. I did not want to go to like a big, like tens of thousands of people university. That didn't sound appealing to me. I thought, I think Penn has too many people, like 3,600 kids. It's too many. Is Penn bigger than Worcester? Yes, almost double, in fact. Oh, wow. Okay. Worcester has about 2,000 undergrads. And yeah, we are all undergrads, so there's like there's no like masters or doctorate students here. It's all undergrad students. So there's. But the nice thing is that means you're always. I mean, you're always getting lots of opportunities. Then. Yeah, it's that's I think probably been one of the nicest things about college is that there's a lot of opportunities. One because you get super close with the people that you work with, uh, and so when other. Uh, comp majors are like, hey, I have this piece that features this instrument and you play it, uh, you want to, and so you can just do it. Uh, and it's also nice because the student to faculty ratio is really small. So you get a lot of one-on-one attention from your professors. Uh, and I like I think building those relationships is super helpful. And it's a very cheap school. Oh, the cheapest. It's, I think, $50 uh, for four years, if I remember or, correctly. Or I, I also thought it was like two boxes of cornbread. Or something like that. They usually don't take the cornbread. They prefer the corn on the cob still in the husk. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. That's well, they, cause they donate it to the husking program, the corn, oh. the corn husking major. So they uh, use under- it. They have a stockpile. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> Very good. So before we talk about your major, um, mm-hmm. just a couple questions thinking about like the transition from high school to, to college. Mm-hmm. So first of all, not even talking about comparing choir yet, but what, what would like for you, what was the biggest shock? Like the biggest change, maybe something that you didn't expect, but what was the biggest shock going from high school to college? No one uses solfege here. Really? Not in choir. We got to it in theory a little bit, but like no one uses it. A lot of people didn't even know what it was. Yeah. I think, I, I think there's some reasons for that, but I got I just like, wait, we're not we're not going through the solfege. Oh, what do we do? What what do we do? What do you mean we're sight reading? You're just going uh, for it. It's like we're just we're just jumping in. Uh, we got thrown quite literally uh, into the deep end on the first day. So. So why do you think that is? I think part of it is to set expectations, just like this is this is what you need to be able to do to like operate efficiently in a college chorus and in college in general. Um, and also to just like give you a taste of what you will be able to do because all the returning members are able to do it. So this is what you will be able to do in a year's time and you'll be great at it. And what was, what was, is there anything that was actually more difficult in high school than what you're dealing with now? 
I don't know if I would say more difficult. I would say there's a lot of things that are, I think that at least from my high school experience, I think have been pretty transferable. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I, I feel very fortunate in that. Like, I think the rehearsal process is pretty similar, except for the fact that we don't stop to write the solfege into the music. Right. Um, but I, I think it's, it's almost one-to-one. Yeah. Okay. I, th- I think the only difference is like, this is one choir with way more music as opposed to three choirs with like maybe three songs each for a concert. Well, since we're kind of on, on that topic, um, I, yeah, I'm curious, it's just from your experience to, and again, nothing you say is going to offend me. Uh, in fact, I will actually pay you if you offend me. Oh, wow. Um, okay. It's a high bar. Um, so it's a challenge. I know. But what are some, like, what would you say some of the other differences are really just going from high school choir to collegiate choir? And I guess the other part of that, too, help me understand. I would assume that Worcester has a couple different, like, different levels of choirs, or like, it's not just one choir there, right? So we have, I'm going to call it, we have three choirs technically. One of them is more of one of them is like a community choir. So like you okay. can just kind of show up and sing with people from the campus or from the community and it's like super low stakes and you don't like actually perform places really. It's more just to get together and sing with people. Gotcha. And then we have a non-auditioned group um that meets I think Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um and they're uh I think right now they're all treble voices actually. Okay. Um, and so they're not, and then we have our primary choir, the Worcester chorus, which is an auditioned choir. Uh, we meet Tuesday through Friday, four thirty to five or four fifteen to five thirty. So what was your audition like for that? I had to show up and sing a piece of music that I thought demonstrated my voice. And that was the whole thing. I just, I showed up and sang a song. You don't have to do any sight reading or anything. No, no sight reading, no like technical theory stuff. I just showed up with a prepared piece, uh, sang it for them, and uh, that was that was the whole audition. Of course, it's it's uh it is different for uh, first time members than returning members, though. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So it sounds like what you're saying also is obviously things move like the pace of learning goes faster. Obviously, yes. at college. Mm-hmm. Uh. What, what else would you, I mean, just give me some differences. Uh, I, I mean, I think we get down to brass tacks much faster, mm-hmm. uh, like much earlier on in the year, like high school chorus starts out with, you know, like a week and a half, two weeks of like, get to know you, figure out what you can do, uh, introduce things very slowly. Cause I mean, a lot of people are coming in with limited to no musical background. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, that's a big hurdle that you have to overcome before you can, like, jump in and start, like, really di- uh, diving into the music. That's not so much a thing here is if you show up, the the kind of understanding is that you know how to read music and you want to read music and you want to sing. Uh, and so they hand you, like, three pieces on the first day and we just start singing and we start learning and we start preparing and cleaning and memorizing all to get ready for the first concert of the year. So what, what is the, like, what is a typical, how does a typical rehearsal run for you? Like how often do you meet? What do you, and what is that rehearsal like? So we meet four times a week. Uh, typically we meet, uh, Tuesday through Friday, four fifteen to five thirty. 
Uh, we don't always meet every day. Some days are sectionals, so it'll just be soprano altos or tenor basses some days. Uh, and then rehearsal. student led or was that with your director? Uh, those are with the director. Okay. Those are with uh, those are with the director, and then we always start with warm ups. We start we do the same uh, warm ups every day. So I mean, you kind of you get used to them, and they they tackle different things. There's like you get a nice slide, you do some scales in thirds, you do some some vowel work and some consonant work. It's pretty standard stuff. I don't I don't yeah. think there's anything like super game breaking. Okay. Uh, in there. And then we usually work on things in, we try to like prioritize whatever is coming up. Uh, so, I mean, we usually do, I think it's three or four concerts a year. Yeah. Like on campus. Um, and so we usually will prioritize whatever we're learning for the next upcoming concert or the next upcoming event. Um, and we'll usually work on anywhere from three to maybe up to five pieces per rehearsal. Uh, a lot of times when we get a piece for the first time, it'll be we sing it through. We just we sight read it. We do the best that we can. Um, and we, we kind of see what happens. And then we go back and we hit the trouble spots. And we just kind of we work outwards from there, working on what needs the most help at any given moment. And then we put it all together. So the last week, we had kind of a unique opportunity where you got to sing back at Penn High School. Yes, yes, I did. So tell the audience a little bit about what we what we just did. Right. So uh, Worcester is very fortunate in that we have a two week spring break. A lot of yes, places I'm very only jealous get, about yes, that. Yes, a lot of places only get one. We get two. Uh, and so the choir and our symphonic band both go on tour over spring break. Uh, and we alternate first week, second week. And this week, or this uh, spring break, we were the second week. And so we were on our spring break tour. Uh, and we were looking for locations. And I threw out there like, hey, we're headed out in the vague direction of where I went to high school. I can give you the information of the school and the principal and the director. And maybe you could set something up. And so I gave our director the information. And then I heard back like a week later, we're going to your high school. And I'm like, that's so cool. I get to go back and I get to sing on the stage that I spent so much time on. Uh, and so that was our, our last stop on our spring break tours. We went to Penn high school. That was, it was such a cool experience. Like um, I can't remember who I, I think I first heard, heard about it from whoever organizes the tour. It's probably her name is Jill. She runs, she does our tour. Yeah. Yeah. So I heard from Jill um, and I, the first thing I thought was like, oh, gosh, I love the idea of this. Let's do it. And then I was like, please don't be in March. Please don't be in March. It's just the busiest month of the year. And sure enough, it's like smack dab in the middle of March. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that I was like, oh, crap, I hope it can make this work. But we did. We yes. were able to get it going. Um, so I met. It's funny. The first time I actually met with Jill, I was so busy. I was like, I don't have time to talk until Friday. Let's just just set this up. So she did a Zoom call. I'm kidding you. I, like I'm not even exaggerating. Th- three minutes into the Zoom call, we have a fire drill. So I'm like, I'm like, I said, I am so sorry. I said, I have got to go and get out of this building. <laughs> I I did not hear about that. That's that is wonderful. Oh yeah, you could ask her about that. And then it was just like it was so hard to try and find time to to schedule around it because we were prepared. We were doing like all the Lord of the Rings stuff. Right. You know, we had just finished the musical. We had like one kind of easy week in March. Uh, um, and then Jill told me that your choir director was going to be at ACDA, mm-hmm. but she was only there, I think one day. 
And that schedule keeps you so busy. There was no possible way I could meet up right. with anybody. Um, cause I was hoping to, uh, to meet her at that point, but then your director, um, is it Lisa Wong? Is that her name? Yes. Yes. Dr. Lisa Wong. So she, she reaches out and is talking to me about, you know, how maybe we can try and like, r- like do some piece together. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. I said, we do not like, I would love to do that. I said, we do not have time to learn something else right now because I mean, I hadn't even started like our concert set for Isma right. because mm-hmm. I've been doing this Lord of the Rings thing. And then I, I, I get the poster and then I see, huh, the title of this concert is Hearts All Whole. I was like, mm-hmm. that kind of sounds like my buddy Morton Lordson. Oh, yeah. So I just kind of ask her, I'm like, hey, can you send me your repertoire? I want to see what the list is. And sure enough, I see Sure on the Shining Night. So then I asked her, I was like, hey, do you think we could do this one together instead? So that worked out perfectly. Yeah, that was, and really, that was so great. It's such a great piece of music, and the fact that we got to do it together, that was really cool. It was. I think it was also, it was really special for me, because that was one of the first pieces I ever performed at Penn. Would that have been your freshman year? I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure it was probably, my freshman year. Yeah, I think, I was, I think it was the opening an, combined set yeah, of the it was, winter it's concert. It's a beautiful piece. It's, a, oh, it's gorgeous, um, yeah. I, yeah, I love that piece. So I'm glad that you guys did it. And really, it was the program that you guys did. It was it was beautiful. Like I really loved the program. Are are most of your concerts kind of tied around to like theme? All of them are, in fact. Okay. So at the beginning of each year, Doctor Wong picks a theme, and all the music we will work on for the entire year will, in some way, tie back into that central theme. So it so you don't really necessarily know how it's all going to fit at the time. Not, not really. No, I mean, we find out the theme pretty early. And then as we're given new pieces, we can usually kind of figure out, ah, that's how that one connects. And that's how that one connects. But it's always fun at the beginning of the year is like, she'll give us hints as to what to what the theme is. And we'll all try to figure it out. Uh, We were not successful this year. We she had to tell us. No, we did not figure. Wow. Huh. So what? Um. I would assume everything that you did, like have, you've obviously learned other pieces throughout the school year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But do you have a favorite piece all year that you have done so far? Ooh, um, we've done so many good ones. I think one that I just I love getting to sing is Dwell in the House. Uh, I think it's by that's, Gail that's, Jones Murphy. If that's I really correctly. great. Uh, it's, it's absolutely like, it sounds beautiful. It's fun to sing. Like it's like, it's got like this great mix of like, kind of like calm and like super high energy, like almost gospely sounding, uh, music. And it's just uh, it's so much fun to sing and it's so beautiful to listen to. Yeah. I, I remember hearing it like in it, I wouldn't necessarily call it gospel, but it has a lot of gospel influence. Like it yeah. was, it's just kind of a cool fusion piece. Like I really liked mm-hmm. it a lot. It was really good. In fact, really, I mean, all her repertoire choices, like, I really liked it. Like, she does a, I mean, just from my, the, my experience, like, she did a great job of just picking music for you all. Yeah, she's she is wonderful. She picks really great stuff. Um, so th- tell me about your, your accompanist, because she was she was playing some hard music. Yeah, so uh, her name's Tony. She is the best. I love her with my whole heart. Um, no, she's, she's wonderful. I don't know how she does everything that she does. Cause she doesn't just play for the chorus. 
She plays uh, for a lot of other things. She plays for both other choirs on campus. She is the private accompanist for many applied lessons. So not not even just for voice, for a bunch of instrument for instruments as well. Um, so she plays so much music, and I I don't know how she does it. Um, just being giving you a warning that you might see my cat walk across in just a moment here. Oh, perfect. She well, I better I, I don't want her to like shut things down. So she's just <laughs> she's gonna say hi. Zephyr can join us for a moment. Yes, Zephyr, say you can meow for everybody. She's kind of quiet. But she always knows when I'm like in my studio and like starts to get in the way of stuff. You are a composition major, is that correct? That is correct. So what does... What is it like being a composition major? Because obviously, like you were starting to I mean, you were starting to write things already in high school, but now like mm-hmm. you've actually declared that as a major. Yeah. So how did how like how did you settle on that as a major and then just walk us through like what a typical week or day looks like for your schedule? Sure. So for a really long time, I didn't think that I would be a composition major. I didn't even think that I would go into music. Uh, in college, I was I was pretty sure I was going to be like a software developer. I was well, going to be a, sounds... I was going to be a software engineer. I was going to do coding. That was going to be I... my career. OK. Uh, and then I remember it was pretty much entirely because uh, Peyton Trowbridge was a composition major because I, I was just like, wait, you can do that. That's that's a thing <laughs> that you can do. You can go to yep. school and do that. It's not just for like business people and computer people. There's other things. And I'm like, well, I'd like to do that. I've always kind of wanted to try my hand at writing music. And so I started using like a really garbage browser notation software. Uh, and I wrote my first piece and it sucked and it still sucks. But it's what, what was your first piece? It, it, it was my first started. piece. It got yeah. me started. And I was just like, this is this is really great. Uh, and then I got locked in a stairwell. Uh, well, I, my I was junior year of high school. If, if you were going to uh, mention that. Yeah, I got I got locked in a stairwell during a dress rehearsal for the winter concert my junior year of high school, uh, and I wrote a piece of music about it. I just got to interrupt real fast and and tell everybody <laughs> because my my perspective of the whole thing, we we kind of do our, our um our opening combined. It's like a candlelight processional, right? Well, Ethan is in this quartet. Um, were you, you doing the tenor one or tenor two at that time? Uh, tenor one. Now everybody's holding a fake candle, right? Because, well, I'm not sure we can trust a lot of 14 or 15 year olds with real candles. Fire Marshal probably wouldn't like that. Anyway, they're cheap candles like they're crap candles. I mean, if we're being honest, they're shit, right? No, I mean, they are not good. They are so, bad candles. So it's not uncommon for a candle to, we'll just say, not exactly, you know, so. I'm at the back. I am completely at the back of the auditorium looking up to my left at the left balcony. And I only see three candles, but I, but it was so dark. I couldn't tell you weren't there. I honestly said, like, Oh, it was like his candle just went out. No big deal. So I just start. And then, and then like, sure enough, I'm like, Hmm, he must not have made it. And then I was like, where the hell did Ethan go? 
And little did I know you were somehow trapped backstage. <laughs> I was trapped back. I was trapped in. I was trapped back there for like twenty minutes. I missed the entire opening combined set. I missed everything, and I was just standing in the table, pounding on the door, so screaming. And how did no you, how, one? How did you get locked? I so don't... okay. So because so the quartet is up in the balcony. Um, and I didn't, I knew that we were about to start and I was running behind cause I forgot to grab something and I had to like double back to like our holding room to go grab it. Okay. And I didn't want to cut through the CPA cause I didn't want to like go through while it was dark and everyone was ready to start. I didn't want to intrude. And I knew that there was a staircase behind a door in the backstage hallway. And I thought that that staircase led to where I needed to go. <laughs> and it doesn't. It sure, and so it sure doesn't. I got yeah. halfway up the staircase. Like the door is already closed. And I'm like, this is not where I need to be. This is, like, this is like absolutely what, the wrong what, place. Like at what point did you realize you were in the wrong place? Like I got upset. I, I was going up and I'm just like, they should be getting louder. I should like th- like I should be able to like hear more things from in the CPA, and I couldn't. And I'm like, oh my god, I am not going where I need to be going. And so I turn around, I go back down the stairs, and I go to go out, and it is locked because it's not. It, the push bar is on the other side of the door to get in. This is just a handle, and this is a locked handle, and I cannot go out. I am stuck in there. Um. So I go back up the stairs. I try all the doors in the stairwell on various floors to maybe let me out into a different part of the school. Nothing. I actually do think the door at the top goes up into like somewhere in the balcony. I think it goes up into like where like the curtains go into. I think it goes up into like that little room. But I mean, it was also locked. But I pounded on that door too, hoping that it would carry into the CPA and someone like in the balcony would hear and would you be know able to come let me out. If you had suddenly appeared by like hanging on a curtain, that would have been like that would have been wouldn't, an entrance. Oh, wouldn't that have been something? Just Tarzaning my way in during Hallelujah. Well, that was a uh, that that still is one of my absolute favorite stories from my entire time teaching there. Uh, some say it's not one of it, mine. Some say that it was an accident. We may never know the truth. It was an accident. It was an accident. Was it? Yes. Or were you set up? Oh, mm, you know, I've never thought about that. I don't know who would have been preying on my downfall at that point. I told Peyton I wouldn't. I mean. Never mind. Peyton wasn't even there anymore. I don't know. I don't know who it was. <laughs> I, it just it was one of the funniest <laughs> moments. I like I was just like, where is he? So where where is he? Like, because it is it's very unlike me to not be in place for cues. Yeah. You, you you may be you may push it to the last minute, but you're oh, always yeah. there. I show up, though. Yeah, you do. So that but I just I really thought your candle was just out. No, I was just not there. I was stuck. So anyway, that was that was a fun little tangent. Yeah. But it anyway, was, it was a very necessary tangent. So basically, I got locked in a stairwell and I wrote a piece of music about it. Uh, And I was like really, really proud of that piece of music. And so I remember when you. You like you wrote it while I was gone. Is that right? It was maybe I wrote it in January. It was January of 2021 because I was no January no, of 2020 20. yeah, because January of 20. I was 
I remember getting it when Secor and I were down in New Orleans at the yes. Jazz Education Network conference. Yes. I'm like, I'm like, I'm gone for three days, and he's writing a requiem for being in a stairwell or whatever yeah, it was called. It was called Trapped Requiem for a Stairwell. Yeah, I was like, what on earth? Yes. Mm-hmm. That was a good moment. Yeah, it was a uh, peak peak moment for me. But so I did that and I was really proud of that. And then COVID shut everything down. And I wrote another piece of music following that called The Sparrow about uh, The Sparrow. Spring is here. Uh, And I was like really proud of that one. And I was like, okay, I think I can do this for real. Like, I think this is what I want to do. And lo and behold, it is what I did. So what has it been like actually like? What was it? What has it been like so far taking composition lessons and just being a comp major? I don't think it's what I expected going in because I don't think I really knew what to expect from a composition lesson. Like it, it is a very different type. It's not like a private voice no, lesson. No, because like a voice lesson or a piano lesson, that makes sense. Like you get a piece of music and you just practice it. And like that makes sense. But a composition lesson, like I show up and my professor's like, okay, so what are you interested in? Like what kind of music do you like? What do you listen so, to? What so are your- it's, it's kind of like therapy is what you're saying. Yes, pretty much. Almost entirely at this point. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, I, I think you're right, though. Like there, there is um, there's an aspect of it that especially like when you're having like a writer's block, like, it, I mean, it can get personal. Yeah. It's just like, it's like, I don't it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. What am I supposed to do? I can't write music. Like, like why am I? Why am I here? What am I doing? This, and then like, I come back the next week. It's like, no, I fixed it. It's fine. It, 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 you probably have a lot of self-doubt at times with the oh, major. Oh, yeah. You know. But I think there was a, a piece that I just finished oh, some last semester, I think, that took me, I think, like five or six weeks to even get off the ground and write like eight measures because I, I just couldn't That's get it. Yeah. I couldn't get it to like be what I had in my head. Like everything that I, ha- I was imagining in my mind, just I wasn't able to make it like work on the page. And so, so how often do you actually have like uh, composition lessons, like one-on-one? I have a one-on-one comp lesson every week. I have uh, a half hour lesson every week starting next semester. I'll have hour lessons every week. Okay. So it's, uh, it's, it's a few hours a week total, which is. And very... then, wh- then what are some of the other, like just music classes that you have? Or have taken so far, I guess. Um, sure. So, I mean, I've taken music theory one through four. I'm in music theory four right now. Uh, I oh, I'm theory in, theory four is a wild time. Yeah, it's it's certainly it's something. I've I've been told that theory five next semester is going to break me. So that's exciting. That pretty much means it's like everything that you have learned, you're just gonna throw out. The I'm gonna window. throw it out because it's all post tonal. Yep. And yep. so it's just like nothing from one through four will like matter. It's gonna nope. be great. I'm gonna love it. Yep. But then I'm I'm in my second semester of music history right now. Okay. I'm take I'm currently taking um a seminar about well, women in contemporary music, which is has been a really really great class so mm-hmm. far. Uh, I'm taking an ethnomusicology course, just about like more world music, yeah. which is helpful to supplement the very Western classical tradition of standard music history curriculum. Um, so it's, it's a really nice supplement to that. I took a music uh, philosophy in music class two semesters ago, 
where we just sat around a table and talked. It was great. I loved it. Oh, that would be great for you. I'm sure. Oh, it was excellent. <laughs> it was excellent. I've taken, oh, what it? I've taken uh, two class piano courses, uh, which culminated in me taking a piano proficiency exam. Uh, so I didn't have to take more piano courses, which, so that's good because I passed that. So that's good. Very good. That can be that a very anymore. stressful part. Yeah, it for a was, lot of music it was majors. stressful and it wasn't even like ridiculously difficult stuff. It was like, you have to play four scales. You have to do like a tiny sight reading excerpt and you have to play three prepared pieces and only one of them has to be memorized. Hmm. And they're like out of, and they're out of like a very pretty beginner friendly piano book. So have you also taken um, like an ear training aural skills type class? That is roped. That's uh, actually like tied with theory, like yeah. our theory, our theory course. So it's we basically because our theory course meets five days a week. Okay. Uh, and so Monday, Wednesday, Friday is written theory and Tuesday, Thursday is aural skills. So it's uh, sight singing and rhythm and melodic and harmonic dictation. So what is what has that experience been like for you? I mean, because obviously like, you were always very good at sight reading anyway. But um, just tell me, because uh, tell me about the the process. Because for some people, like they they're terrified of that cl- no, of that like, part. No, like it's it still is like kind of a terrifying thing to jump into. I'm fortunate. One of the things that has like from high school that's really helped was learning solfege. S- being able to solfege like pretty much on command in my head when I'm looking at things and being like, okay, this is this interval. This is this is kind of like how this thing is shaped and like the vague points of where I yeah. need to place the notes is super helpful and I would, it, it, I, because i would i would assume that there are quite a few people that came there and really didn't have much background in, in doing that no yeah I, I think there were two of us uh that did solfege in high school yeah uh and so like knew how to apply that um and in recently in theory three and four our professor has started using solfege we did we used uh scale degrees in theory one and two which i did not like I, I absolutely hate doing numbers. No, I hated the numbers. It was, but no, the using solfege has been super great to kind of help tackle those things. And I think like in theory one and two, it was kind of a breeze because it was very much the same stuff that we did in high school choir. Did all you, the time. I for, now, did you ever take theory at high school or not then? I took AP theory. Yeah. Um, did you, if I can ask, did, did you, do you remember what you got on that on that test? I got a four on the AP theory test. So you still had to take music theory one, even though you had a four. I I did. I also think I just kind of didn't know how to apply AP grades to college. Well, you know what? From my experience, most colleges don't care what you get on your AP for music theory. Like for other, I mean, I could be wrong about that, but I it's very rare. Like almost everybody is like, yeah, we don't really care if you got a five on the AP, you're going to take our theory. Yeah, there was, I, I was given. So when I enrolled over the summer before I went for my freshman year, uh, they like the music faculty sent out like a little like theory pretest. Yeah. That was like the most basic theory pretest. I think conceivable It's mm-hmm. like, what key signature is this? What clef is this? what kind of note is this? And so I think it's like just, and it's to kind of help you figure out what theory class you can, you should start in because you can test out of theories one and two, as I know, because there's someone in my class that did that. Uh, and is, so is like a grade behind me, but is in the same theory course. Um, I just don't think I did cause I didn't want to, I wanted to make sure that I was as caught up as possible and everything was fresh. 
I, I think that's, I mean, it's smart. It's a good, it's a good move. Um, when you were, when you were doing Solfege, what have you been using? I mean, scale degrees are, I think can be helpful when you're trying to like, just understand how it all works, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's just harder to sing that way. Yeah, um, I think so. So do you, I would assume they use movable dough. Yes. But did they use dough based minor or law based minor? Uh, we are, we are dough based minor and that has been a, a switch. You know what? Like it's one of those things where theoretically to me, dough based minor does make more sense. Right. Like in, in a theory classroom, it makes a lot of sense. It's yeah, no, it super makes sense. But, but cause I, I mean, Secor and I have talked about that. In fact, it's going to be a future episode where we're talking about our philosophies on it. But, but for the, for the, like most people that are never going to go on to be a music major, law based minor is just easier for them. I, yeah, no, I full, I think it's, I, I do think it's easier. And I think it makes a lot of sense in the choral setting yeah, to do like as a, as a teaching method for like stuff in minor, but like in, in like the theory on the theory side, it like do based minor makes sense. I just don't like it. Do, re, me, re, yeah, I, I love it. I actually, I mean, so when I when I first applied for the job at Penn all mm-hmm. the way back in 2011, oh, um, yeah, isn't that crazy? Uh, that's um, so far ago. That was a long time ago. Well, I'm old now, so oh, that's um, true. You know, um, but I actually had to do sight reading for my interview. Did you? Wow. And I had to do a major, which was easy peasy and then i had to do a minor which also was easy peasy until i was told oh you do that in law um could you do could you do no i think at that time i lied um i did it in in dough based minor because that's what i was used to mm-hmm. and then um he was like well can you do that in law based minor and i was like what oh my gosh <laughs> that was like i i i may as well have done it i mean it was like my first i, I couldn't even i could barely do it the first time because I had never used law based minor. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I made a quick adjustment to it, but but I I didn't use it in, in undergrad, mm-hmm. and I sure as heck didn't use any solfege yeah. in high school. Because yeah. my high school, well, it it was we'll just say a rough choir experience. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's kind of amazing that I ended up going into choir after all that. But it's a, yeah. another story for another day. Yes. Yes. So you've been satisfied with your major. It's been great. It's been I, after I got over the crippling self-doubt. Yeah, it's been great. Yes. Yeah. Now it's, it's just regular self-doubt. Well, that's that's all part of the process. Yeah. That's part of being a music major. I, From what I have uh, heard from all my other music major friends. Yeah, that is uh, that's just part of it. So what what has been like the most out of the box unusual thing that you have written so far? that I have written. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I've written anything super, super out there. Or like, what's like the most interesting as far as like something that you never would have probably done unless you had been guided to do that. Like, have you written anything for like violin and, you know, horse or something like that? You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like what's the most off the wall thing that you have done so far? I think the most probably off the wall thing I've done is a piece that I did for a mixed ensemble. Like it wasn't okay. for like any like standard ensemble lineup that exists. 
I was talking with my professor because it was time for me to start a new thing. Uh, and he was just like, okay, well, what do you want to write for? And I was like, well, I think I'd like, I think I'd like there to be some viola in, in the piece. And he was like, okay, well, what do you think would sound good with a viola? And I'm like, a cello, probably. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, that's enough strings. That's all the strings you get. He was like, now pick like a brass instrument. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I bet a French horn would be cool. And he was like, all right, cool. That's the brass that you get. It was like, all right, now pick some winds. It was like, okay, I'll take a piccolo because I need some high range and an alto saxophone would be fun. And a clarinet probably has a nice sound. It was like, all right, cool. That's what you get. It was like, do you want anything else? I'm like, I'll take some percussion. It was like, cool. You get a marimba. I'm like, oh, all right. That's a, yeah. It's like, those are some of the best parts of composition. Like where you just, you're kind of given this like bizarre arrangement of instruments and you're like, yeah, yeah. do something with it. It was just like, all right. It's like, here's your, here's your, your uh, instrumentation lineup. Go, be free, do whatever you want. Oh, that's fun. I'm glad. I'm glad that you're doing it, though. But I, I am also glad that I'm doing it. I am having quite a good time. So what? Um, my understanding is you have some kind of internship over the summer in Cleveland. Is that right? Yes. So for two months, I will be living in Cleveland, and I will be interning with the Cleveland Orchestra and the Cleveland Orchestra Chorus. So do you know what you're doing for that at all yet? Um, I mean, it'll be a lot of like clerical work, a lot of stuff like archiving and yeah. deaccessioning stuff, digitizing old things, stuff like that. Uh, but I also get to sing in two of their summer programs at the Blossom Music Festival, which I am very excited for. Nice. Uh, so I get to do the music from Lord of the Rings, Two Towers. Uh, along with the movie, it's one of those where like they play the movie and then like all the musicians cool, do yeah. the score, uh, which is very exciting. And then I get to do Beethoven's Ninth, which I am also very excited for. Oh, that'll be a good experience. You'll you'll love it. So I'm I'm very excited for that. It'll be so you'll be, be home for a little while. I'll be home for like a month, I think, okay. after the semester ends, and then I am out to Cleveland, and then I think I have four days after my internship ends until the next semester starts. <laughs> so I've got to like book it back home, get my stuff together and get back to Ohio. Is a uh, junior year going to be crazy for you? I hope not. I I think it'll be pretty okay. This is okay. the first semester that I've had to overload on credits to get everything yeah. that I need in. And it honestly hasn't been bad because a lot of the things that I have had to add were like lessons and ensembles. Yeah. So, I mean, I was going to do that kind of stuff anyways. So it doesn't really feel like extra work. I remember one thing I I wanted to ask you too. Um, So you said this is the first time, like, obviously Ethan's has always been a good singer, very strong voice, um, good tenor for us, loved it. Um, But you hadn't taken voice lessons really um, before college. No, No, I mean, you you started, like you had learned some from your mom that way. Yeah. But like so what was I mean, so what was it like for you the very first time you, you were taking voice lessons in college? So I, I actually I started voice lessons for the first time last semester. So this is only okay. my second semester uh, taking them. Um, and it was strange because I've I've sung by myself before. I've sure. had a solo here and there. I've been in musicals where I've done solo singing but uh, apparently I have a very, a very um, choral sound because that's all I've done. 
Uh, and I, I have been told <laughs> that in the realm of solo voice lessons, that's bad. That's a bad thing. Uh, and so I've had to unlearn a lot of things in that context, which has been a strange adjustment. Like, can you give me an example? Because there, there is truth to that. I mean, you know, that's that's a actually a huge hot, like hot button issue with people right now is like choir voice, solo voice. Like, really, there's just the voice, but right. there, but there's a reason that that exists. So, mm-hmm. like, what are like what are some things that you have learned as far as like what what are some things you've had to unlearn? So, I mean, one thing that I have to keep in like constant tandem between voice lessons and being in choir is like vibrato. Mm-hmm. Like I have to, I pretty much have to use it uh, in solo, but it's, it's very like pure tone in choir, uh, like no vibrato at all, um, which is weird to switch between. Uh, I have, I've had to do a lot of work on like where and when I breathe because I don't have a choir to cover me up. Yeah. And like if, when I breathe, you know that I breathe. Uh, and so like, it, like being very intentional about where you place the breath and finding a way to make the breath work musically mm-hmm. and like making it work for you. And so like, you're not like gasping to try to get, you know, the next line ready to go. So do you feel, I'm curious, do you feel like now um, in, in your choir, do you, do you still feel like you have to like sing differently in choir versus when you're doing solo rep? I think I'm, I think I did when I like started having to like separate yeah. the two, but I think I am slowly getting to a point where I am like putting them together. Yeah. Uh, and so like the things that I learn one place can benefit the things that I'm doing in another. Like, I think like my breath control and support in choir is leagues better than where it was a year yeah. ago, uh, just based on what I've done and learned in my private voice lessons. I, I think there's a couple reasons for that. Um, I think for one, part of the problem, vibrato is also like, that's a huge issue. Like, right. you know, but part of it too is like a lot of high schoolers don't have vibrato yet. Mm-hmm. So I think the problem is like when in, when you, ha- when you finally figure it out or it's your, your voice is mature enough that it happens, like it's really just a natural, you know, it's a natural part of singing. Like mm-hmm. what it, it's it, it, but it happens at various stages for people. So I think when you have kind of a quote unquote bigger voice that way, when you have vibrato in high school, it's not that it's scary, but it almost feels like it can be out of place if nobody else around you is using it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing that happens. And if you think back to this, you'll probably recall. And I've been very, the last few years I've been pretty intentional about like, I do not like using the word blend. I hate the yeah. word blend. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason is I think people use the word wrong. I think okay. they're like, oh, you know, I, I, sopranos blend, tenors blend. And to me, what if somebody tells me to blend, what what the way that really sounds is like, I want you all to sound exactly the same. Like Ethan, Nemeth, you all need to sound exactly the same. And that's right. really not what blend is. Like to me, because and it, it also just makes it, the sound is very sterile at that point. It's very like, cookie cutter there's no personality there's no warmth Mm -hmm. to it Mm -hmm. but to me like the idea of blend is when everybody is singing just with good tone and production that is the tenor blend it's not you trying to sound like somebody else and i think that's the problem with it you know people oh you know you need to blend no blend is a natural result of everybody singing properly sure 
At least that's just, yeah, that's I think, one of my... I think that's great. I, I think that a lot of the times when we talk about, when we talk about blend in college, it's very much listen to the people around you and to yeah. the group at large and like figure out where the most important sound is coming from. Like who yeah. has, who has the melody, who has the moving line, who has what the audience needs to focus on, like who has the focal point of the music and like get out of their way. Like don't try to like blastissimo yourself over them. Um, and it's just like, it's just like, and be aware of the sound that the rest of the group is making and don't necessarily like conform to it, but right. like accommodate so that you are not like sticking out. I think accommodate so is, is, it's a good word for that. Mm -hmm. But I said, I do. I feel like there've been so many people that it, they just, they kind of hear that. And it's like, then they feel like, Oh, I, I have, it's almost like you're impersonating the person next to you, but then you yeah. end up with everybody not really singing with their own voice anyway. It's a weird mm -hmm. thing. And then it's mm -hmm. like, you take all the personality and color out of the, out of the sound. And I don't want that. Like that doesn't sound exciting to me. Right. Yeah. And yeah, vibrato is a whole other topic like, for yeah, another that's day. Like, that's a whole, that's a different can of worms. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying your uh, private voice lessons too. Cause it is, it's, yeah. You, I mean, you also want to talk about self doubt. There's a lot of that that happens, but it's oh yeah, but it's but it's a good thing. Like it's it's a good thing because you do make it through to the other side, and then you have these breakthroughs. Mm -hmm. It's like you can like be. I'm assuming writing is the same way, where you just you feel like you're making no progress, then all of a sudden something happens, and like you can grow by leaps and bounds. But it's never it's never when you want or when you expect it. <laughs> it's always like just like the most inopportune moment. The one thing will click. It yep. will finally make sense and you will not be in a per uh, position to capitalize on it at all. It's like, yep. oh, my God, I have to remember this. It's just like um, if I don't if I don't like write this down and like implement this, I am going to fail. I, t I did take composition lessons um, for one semester at Butler when I was there, uh, I won some kind of scholarship Ooh, with, with a professor. Fancy. Yes. Very fancy. And I got, but it was cool. I got to take, uh, I got to take comp lessons with James Quitman Mulholland. And it was a really cool thing. I had never, I was terrified because I had never done it before. Mm -hmm. But part of my process was anytime I had an idea, like I would just basically like seeing something into my phone before I, because I was never by a piano or anywhere where I could write anything down. Right. Yeah. So like, that's just kind of what I had to do. At the I've time. done, I've done that a couple times. I, I think there was once I was sitting in theory class and I had an idea. I was like, Ooh, I could, I could do something with this. And so like, I pulled my phone out, like, just like so discreetly. And I'm, I'm like whispering almost into it. It's like, I can totally picture you doing that. And the, it was just like, Ethan, what are you doing? It's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Keep going. Keep talking about augmented sixth chords. Just don't worry about it. That's right. Well, I, th I think before we wrap things up here, um, I think it would be worth making sure that we're all on the same page. What is the best key? Oh, it's a uh, E flat major. Oh, you're, you're still wrong about that. Okay. No, I, I just want to make it's sure. E flat major. Are you well, still a D flat guy? Well, I mean, because I believe in objective truth. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Sure. So that's what we're calling it these days. If you were a time signature, what would you be? I've been really vibing with seven, eight right now. Seven is a good one. So... We're doing, um, Gold Standard is doing a piece in seven right now. Are you? What are you doing? It's it's an Indian raga. It's called Ooh. Daesh. It's by Ethan Sperry. It's really good. 
That's interesting. It starts like really that. slow and kind of a two plus two plus three feel, and then it's gonna fly the second nice. half, which is really good. Very fun. Is it like a? Oh, oh no, because I don't think it was like that. What was that one piece that we st- we never actually did it? That it was kind of it had like the overtones in it. I think. Oh, was it, um, uh, it was a, a It's similar to. The, I can't remember if that's by Ethan Sperry also or not. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. Although to be honest, I like Daesh better. So that's that's fair. I am yeah. I am not familiar with it, so I, I have no I have no comment. That's just kind of how it works. Um, and if you were a solfege syllable, what syllable syllable would you be? Ooh, I would be lay. Oh, now why? I would you be said lay. that with I, such confidence. I would be lay. It's because I really like minor sixths. Minor sixths are fantastic. I am a big fan of minor sixths, and I really that's like good. I like I like the progression of la lay so. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that little that little motif. Well, before we go, is there anything else you would uh, like to add to the conversation that I haven't given you the opportunity to talk about? Yeah, sure. Shameless plug. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Yoder Kump, on YouTube, where you can listen to the music that I write. I post sometimes when I remember to and when I have things to post. You can uh, follow my Instagram the same at Yoder Kump on Instagram. I like a good shameless plug. I ha- it's like I have no I have no shame, so might as well. It's good. It's, it's, a, it's about building an audience, I think. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, there's not. Well, this has been really good to catch up, Ethan. Yeah, it's been great. I, I appreciate it, and thanks for. Uh, I mean, it's not even midnight yet, so yeah, we're doing it, good. It's it's not even eleven forty. We're doing fine. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a class till nine. I'll yeah, be this great. This is basically like six a.m. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. There's so well, many hours of the day left. We'll have to uh, we'll have to do something else over over the summer, for we'll sure. Come up with some ridiculous mm-hmm. topic to come up with, and there there will be something. We'll come up with something. Yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, I hope you you learned something about being a music composition major, and that you enjoyed some of the just banter between Ethan and myself. Um, we got along most days. Most, I think, I, I would say like, like. 87 percent of days i think yeah and to quote your uh your brother one of the things he he wrote to me once before which i i I love it which um and i feel like you're kind of in a similar (laughs) similar boat oh boy he wrote he wrote he wrote me a letter at one point and it basically just said something like and this was basically right when he was about to graduate he's like i don't really understand your ways but they usually are right and they work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hate that. I agree with him. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, maybe I need to have Bryce on here at some point. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he'd love that. Yeah. I'll have to reach out to him at some point. Alumni perspective. Yeah. Well, we shall do that. Oh, speaking of the, sorry, I got to say another shameless plug. All this isn't really for me, but, um, we just got Viva just got our um, commission this past week. Yes. So I'm gonna wonderful. start it. So wonderful, Eric Barnum, wonderful. and it's 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 really exciting. I keep, I, I keep very subtly pitching Eric Barnum to my choir director. I'm like, we should we should do it. It would be fun. Barnum is awesome. Ugh. Like it's it's good stuff. So anyway, right. I when we do that, I will put it on our in or um, our YouTube channel, Pen Choir. So just search for it. But I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, thanks, Ethan, for. Of course. Uh, thanks for having this, me. The, the good conversation. We'll do this again for sure. Oh, yeah. 
Alrighty. I'm looking forward well, to it. Until next time. That's the way we brew it. <laughs>